In the parasha, when uh, the brothers of Yosef came to him, they were afraid that maybe Yosef is harboring a grudge against them for selling him as a slave. Yosef said to them, Altiro, don't be afraid. What am I playing God? I'm instead of God. You had in mind to do evil to me. You wanted to do me wrong and sell me as a slave. But God turned it out into good. He planned it for the, for the good. That I should be here in the right time, at the right place, to give you guys sustenance. So, basically what Yosef is telling them, not to feel bad of what, what they did, because it seems that what they did, even though in their minds, they had intended to wrong Yosef, but Hashem had different plans. Hashem had planned the sale of Yosef to be actually a source of salvation for Yosef, for the people, for the, for the brothers and the family, and Yaakov and so on. So the Orachim says there that uh, Yosef was telling them this is like this, a similar situation to someone who is intending to give his friend a cup of poison, a drink which is poisonous that's going to kill him. He intends to kill him. But by mistake, he ended up giving him a cup of wine. No, he, in the end, the guy survived because he gave him the wrong cup by mistake. But his intention was to kill him. Would anybody say that he'd be chayiv, he'd be guilty of anything? In the, in the end, he didn't kill him. He actually gave him a cup of wine. So the same thing with the brothers of Yosef. Even though their intentions were for evil, but Hashem made it turn out to be for the good. So therefore, they're not guilty of anything. They don't need to have any kapora, any forgiveness, because it was all divinely orchestrated for a good reason. Mephoshim asked that this Orachaim is somewhat challenged by a Gemara. The din is a woman who made a nether, she's married. Her husband has the right on the same day to suspend the nether. He can nullify her nether and then she can uh, do whatever she, she wants to do. She doesn't, she's not bound by her restriction, by her nether. But what the Gemara says, the Isha HaFeirom, the Pasuk says, Isha HaFeirom, her husband, if he suspended and uh, nullified her nether, she's, she's, uh, she's allowed to drink wine. Let's say if she made a, a nether for Naziris, she won't drink wine, and her husband heard about it and he suspended it. Then Isha HaFeirom, Vahashem Yislach Lo. Hashem will forgive her. Why would Hashem need to forgive her if, if, her, if her husband... Um, you know, dismissed the whole nether and it's no longer a valid nether then she's allowed to drink or eat whatever she made a nether about. So why is the Pesach saying Hashem Yislach then, then she, she, she doesn't need a slicha. Says the Gemara, this Pesach is talking about a very specific situation let's say a woman made a nether, she'll be a nazir. She won't drink wine for 30 days. Her husband heard on the same day and he decided that he doesn't want it, and he verbally um, nullified and dismissed the nether. Now, she's allowed to drink wine because her husband objected. 
Let's say she didn't know that her husband had uh, rejected that nether and made it into uh, nothing, right? Suspended it. She didn't know it. And she went ahead, she was tempted by some wine, and she drank it. And she, because she thought she's still subject to this nether that she made, because she's not aware of what her husband did, she's, uh, so that's, she needs a kapora, she needs slicha, because her intentions were evil, even though in actuality, her husband had already nullified her nether. The Gemara says that the Rebbe Kiva when Rebbe Kiva came to this pasuk, Vashem Yislachlo, which the Gemara interprets that in truth she was not bound by the Isish. It wasn't also for her to drink wine, but she wasn't aware that it wasn't also. She thought she's still under the the spell of her nether, under the restriction of her nether. And that's why she needs a slicha, because in her mind, she, felt, she thought she was committing an Avera, even though in actuality and in truth, she did not. So when Rabbi Kiva came to this pasuk, he cried. Imagine somebody intended to eat a piece of chazer, and it turns out that what he ate was actually not chazer, it was a piece of lamb, a kosher piece of meat. So the Torah says, basically, in this passage of Hashem Yislachlo, that if somebody were to intending to eat chazer, and instead he ended up with a piece of lamb unintentionally, he needs kapore neslicha. So imagine somebody has kavana to eat chazer, and he eats chazer, for sure he needs kapore. So Rabbi Kiva cried and wept when he read this passage. So we see from here clearly that if somebody intends to do an avirah, and he ends up totally unbeknownst to him that it wasn't an Avera. It turns out not to be an Avera. He still needs a kapora for his evil intention. Although the Gemara says in Kedushin that Machshava Ro is not mitzitar of Lamaisa, Hashem does not count an evil intention as if a person did it. Machshava Teva is as if you did it. But Machshava Ro, Hashem does But that's, that's saying that he's not counted as if he did Avera B'Poyal. Here also, we're not saying that if the person did Avera, if the woman uh, drank wine and she didn't know that her husband had suspended her nether, so yeah, she thinks she's doing an Avera. But B'Poyal, she's not doing an Avera. Right? So there's no way, uh, uh, she, if she, had a, she has to be a carbon or something, there's, there's no chiv of anything. But it's still, you need the kapara for the evil intentions. The Rambam actually passes if a woman drinks wine because she, even while she thinks she's forbidden, she's restricted from eating, she's not aware that her husband already was made for her nether, then she gets makis mardus. Right? There's no punishment but for the evil intentions. So the question is, Dorachaim here says that the brothers of Yosef who intended to sell him as a slave, their intentions were evil. But because in the end Hashem turned that into actually a good thing, so therefore they, they, don't need, they shouldn't worry about it. But according to the Gemara, she still needs a slicha in Kapora. So in Sefer Hasidim, it says, 
that Yosef was saying, for me, you don't have to ask Mechila. Because in every time you offend somebody, uh, you hurt somebody, uh, right? another person, first of all, you did, you, 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 you did an Avera to Hashem. You also need Mechila from the person that you wronged. Here what Yosef is saying, that for me, you don't need Mechila, because in the end, you didn't hurt me, you actually benefited me and you, because now I see you and my, the whole family were, were safe, only because you sold me. But from the Eibishter, because you had Machshav Hashem sees your Machshavas, you would need uh, to ask Mechila. That's what Sefer Hasidim said. But from the Orachim, is that the, Yosef HaTzadik was trying to completely eliminate any possibility of guilt that the brothers shouldn't worry at all about this, what they did, because HaKadosh Baruch whatever they thought was evil was actually good, and therefore there's nothing to worry about. This goes against the Gemara. There's actually not a Gemara which relates to this Orachim. Somebody um, went out fishing on Shabbos. He forgot a Shabbos. Fishing on Shabbos is a Malacha Minatoyrim. If somebody does this Avera B'Shoigik, it's Chayi V'Chatos. Somebody went with a big net to fish on Shabbos. He forgot a Shabbos. And when he pulled up the net, in addition to the fish, he also caught a child that was drowning. He didn't know. The child was still alive and was drowning. And by through his net, he saved the, the child's life. So in essence, it turned out that his action was There's no Avera here. He saved a life. He did a mitzvah. The question is, does he have to bring a korban chatos? Is it considered an Avera b'shoigik? Because he intended to, to trap fish, to catch the fish. He did a b'shoigik, he didn't know it was Shabbos. But his kavana was to trap fish. So that's a clear Avera b'shoigik on Shabbos, which is chayva chatos. Although in the end it turned out that his act became an act of a mitzvah because unintentionally he also pulled up a child, he still needs to bring a chatos because of his intentions. It's about Machleikas Rabban Rava. And uh, in that Machleikas, we follow, like, uh, well, Rabbi says that he's potter. There's no din chatos uh, for this. Because we go by the actions. His act is an act of a mitzvah. It's not an act of a avera. There shouldn't be chatos for this. Chatos you only give, you only have to bring if you do b'shoyik and avera. But here it ended up being a mice of a mitzvah, even though this wasn't his intention. Rav says he's chayef. The Rambam paskins l'halacha, that is potter. But go by the act. The act turns out to be good. Now the Prima Godim says that even though the Rambam paskins that if his kavani is to trap the fish. But unbeknownst to him, there was a child in the net that he happens to save unintentionally. He's part of a mechatos, because the ma'isa, we go by the act, and the act ends up being a mitzvah, not a nevera. But he still chayv makas mardas, the way the Rambam says, by a woman who doesn't know that her husband had nullified her nether, and she keeps drinking, thinking that she's doing a nevera, she needs, she gets Makas Mardis because of her intentions. So the Osameach, other Achoinim say that even the same thing here too, even though there's no Chiyav Chatos, but there's still a punishment, she needs, a, the person needs a Kapora for his evil intentions. So 
the truth is, Rahim says the same thing by Yehuda and Tamar. Yehuda didn't know that Tamar was his daughter-in-law. He didn't know that Tamar was um, was Jewish because Pashtus, she married Yehuda's son. She converted. She became a Jew. He thought she was Tamar Goya. Says the Orachayim, yeah, because he didn't need the kapara. Yehuda didn't need the kapara for this, because she turns out to be a Jew. Same logic that he uses here with the brothers of Yosef. So to answer the Orachayim, there's two ways. I mean, there's a number of answers, but the most uh, logical and satisfactory answers is one is what the Klichemda says. Meodon Plotsky, the famous Goen, the Talmud and Avnenezer, in, in his Pirushim Alatorim, same says in Arvinachal, that it depends. It's a chiluk between Averis benodem lamokim benodem lachaveri. When you do an Avera, which is an Isa ben Adam lamokim, there the Amachshav is also bad. Legabe the Ebrisha Yemachshav is revealed. So when you have clearly a thought to do an Avera, even though in the end it materializes into a mitzvah, but your intention wasn't that. Your intention was to rebel against Hashem. And to Hashem, your thoughts are very open. For us, only the actions of a person are revealed. So we, we judge a person by actions. But the Gabi the said the Machshav is the same as the actions. He can see your, your thoughts. So the Gabi the it's offensive even if you had a thought. And therefore, you need a kapara. So if you intend to eat chazer, but it didn't materialize into chazer, it ended up against, uh, beyond your choice, that you ended up eating, eating kosher, then you're, then you're, then, um, you're, you're still guilty. You're still guilty. Because you have your machshava. But when you talk about Yosef and his brothers, here we're talking about Benod al-Machavere. Benod al-Machavere, there what dominates and what defines the guilty nature of the act is whether it affected the other person or not. It's like the, the medrash, which the Rebbe often cited, that if somebody loses a, a dollar in the street and a poor man finds it and, and nourishes himself, then the person who lost the money has a mitzvah of tzedakah. He never intended it. It doesn't matter. It comes to tzedakah, helping another person. What matters is that somebody else was nourished. Somebody else was helped through your money, even though your intention wasn't there. You just lost it absentmindedly. Same thing here. When it comes to Benodam Lachavere, what matters is the act and how it affected the other person. So therefore here the Arachim says correctly that if the brothers had intended L'Roh, but in the end materialized that it was a Teve for Yisrael, a Teve for the brothers, then in that case we, we judge the state of guilt based on how it affected Yosef, not by their kavana, because when it comes to what matters and what uh, defines things is how the other person has been affected. This is a culture from tzedakah that even if you don't even know that you're giving something to someone, you have a mitzvah of tzedakah even though you didn't do anything, you didn't even intend anything. In Pardes Yosef, here's another teretz. We know from Chazal, from different medrashim, and Rishayni Rabbi Nebuchai, Sforna, and Mishnah Melech, and Parashas Drochim, that the brothers of Yosef went stam, hating him and, and trying viciously to, to, to hurt him because they didn't like him. There was a whole din Torah. They believed that according to Torah, 
they judge the Malpidin that is Chayv Misa. Or to be sold as a slave. There's a whole shackle of Atari on this. What was their Chesh Ben Alpidin? So therefore, even their Machshava was Mamish Roh. Yosef calls the Machshava, Atem Chashavtum Loroh, he doesn't mean that they had evil intention. Loroh means to punish him in an evil way. But of course, in their Machshava, they thought they're doing the Din Torah. So therefore, he said, what you thought your intention was to execute Din Torah. And that's why you wanted to, to, to do me in. You wanted to sell me as a slave because you felt I deserve it, Alpidin. But in the end, it was Latoiva, even though you were wrong in the Psak. You, your Machshava, that I am Chayev Misa, was wrong. In the end, it was Latoiva. So therefore, Betziruf of the two things, that their Kavon was to Paschal Alpidin Torah, even if they were in error. But in the end, it materialized Latoiva, so therefore, they're not guilty.